Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show, which today is called Identity and the Worship of Self. We've heard a lot about identity. How do you identify yourself? What is your identity? We know a lot about that. And I can hear you saying also, hey, I don't worship myself. I worship God. Dr. Jennings is here via Skype to talk about those concepts in detail. Dr. Jennings, what do we need to know? Yeah, so this is a great question for our society today. Because our society today is really caught up in various forms of self-worship and making one's identity supreme to the point that we demand that others Mm, even acknowledge our identity claims and reinforce and or believe what we claim about ourselves. And if they don't, then we become very hostile. But let's back up and just ask some basic questions for our listening audience. And we can ask it inclusive of ourselves. Do we trust God? Hmm. Do we surrender ourselves in mind, body, and spirit to him and trust him with our life, our future, our well-being? Do we actively seek to fulfill the purpose God has for us? Do we accept and seek to live by divine truth, reality as God designed and intends it? Do we actively surrender our will like Jesus prayed, not my will, thy will be done, to the will of the Father? Or do we reject divine truth? Do we reject reality as God designed, created, and attends, substituting our own, our own imaginings, wishes, fantasies, feelings, and desires, or some perverted view advanced by the enemy of God? Do we accept divine revelation and divine will, or do we substitute our own? Do we make the creator the center of our heart's desire, surrendering self to his supreme wisdom, trusting that what he wants for us is always best, and that following where he leads will ultimately be in our best interest? Or do we allow our feelings, desires, and selfishness to replace God at the center of our hearts so that we not only embrace the false, but we also demand that others submit to our own understanding? Sounds like you're talking about control. We don't want to lose control because every time we've lost control in the past, bad things have happened. People have done bad things to us. We want to be in control of our lives. So as Christians, our identity is to be found in Christ. Mm -hmm. We're talking about identity right now, not ultimately control. Mm -hmm. How do we identify ourselves? How do we believe about ourselves? How do we believe who we are? How do we believe what we're supposed to be? We're not actually talking about control. The Christian surrenders their self to Christ, and they have a new identity in Christ. We die to the old selfish ways, and we're to live a new life with new motives and new desires that are loving God and loving other people, to have the mind of Christ, see with new perspectives. Are we doing that, or are we being deceived by the philosophies of this world to keep self at the center, allowing self to define reality, allowing our feelings and desires and emotions and selfishness to overrule the wisdom of God? Is Jesus supreme, or do we require God and others to submit to us? So, for instance, do we hear the world saying things like, if you feel a certain way about yourself, 
then that is the way you are. Objective mm-hmm. reality does not matter. Mm-hmm. Evidence does not matter. God's word does not matter. What matters is your internal feeling, belief, attitude, and mindset. If you believe that you are a certain way, then the entire world, family, friends, co-workers, employers, everyone must submit themselves to your feelings and acknowledge your declared subjective emotional internal experience as their own standard of reality. And if people won't and don't submit to your feelings, then such people are intolerant, bigoted, and violent, and justice requires that we get the government to punish them. Man, oh man, does that sound familiar. Or do we recognize divine truth that we are in a war for hearts and minds and that our natural subjective feelings, desires, and emotions are impure, infected with unholy longings, and are self-centered and narcissistic and lead only to further self-injury, ultimately death? Do we believe that, this is what James wrote in James 1, 14 through 18, each one of us is tempted by his own evil desire— When by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed, and after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when full grown, brings forth death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created." Do we submit to the revealed word of God or do we reject the word of God and instead cling to our emotions, our desires, and demand that others recognize our desires and emotions that are tempting us as objective reality? And if they don't, they become the enemy. Well, you know, it sounds like sometimes we become our own enemy. Would I be safe in saying that? This is the problem with our society today. Our society is telling people that there is no higher reality. Mm -hmm. There is no God. We've evolved from lower life forms. Therefore, your desires and feelings are a reliable indicator of reality, and they're not. Feelings are completely subjective. They change at a moment's notice, and they can lead us into all types of dangerous and destructive circumstances. But society is validating people to do all types of very distressing and harmful things to themselves and others. And anybody who were to stand up and say, hold on, what's objective reality to say? What does the observable scientific measures of reality tell us Mm. (laughs) and and the principles of God's word? And if you were to try to do that, then you become the enemy and must be silenced and deplatformed and fired and so forth. And so we live in a world in which self becomes the center, and there's a form of of self-worship. Not just we worship ourselves by demanding this, but we demand everyone else worship us by acknowledging our fraudulent self-indulged feeling states as objective reality. I don't understand, Dr. Jennings, why someone would want people to worship them. I really don't. What am I missing? Because... I'm imperfect. I make mistakes. Why would I want someone to worship me? I guess you've never heard of a show called American Idol. Yeah. <laughs> Notice how that's spelled. <laughs> that's true. Okay. It's a, and this is what a lot of individuals get caught up in the fame 
pursuit, yeah, you know, yeah. being stars. Now, some people become thrust into the limelight without any desire to pursue it. So I certainly am not categorizing every person who's ever gotten fame and fortune as pursuing right. pursuing that. Yeah. So, uh, but there are individuals, and you're asking, uh, are there individuals that actually do pursue that? And yes, they do. And why do they pursue that? That is because they also, all of us, uh, all of our righteousness is filthy rags, as the Bible says. All We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We all have our own own uh, internal warts and foibles and shortcomings. We all have our own fear, guilt, and shame to deal with. And we can deal with it in a godly way through Jesus Christ surrendering to him, experience his grace, being reborn, renewed, rebuilt in gracious Christ-likeness, where we become new people with new motives, and, and the ugly becomes beautiful, and we become people that we can really love and like being because we're we're like Christ. That is the godly way of doing it. Yes, but the yes. worldly way, we don't become beautiful in heart, mind, character, and so we, we have this fear, guilt, shame to deal with, and so we deny and distort, and we seek external validation— that other people tell us that we're good. And if we get enough external validation for for a brief period of time, we can feel good about ourselves. But eventually that external validation wears off. And so we'll then also have to medicate ourselves with substances and and all types of uh, hedonistic indulgences. And this is why much of the, the limelight lifestyles end up in very self-destructive patterns because people are not at actually peace with themselves. And they're constantly seeking to self-medicate these uh, these feelings of inadequacy, insecurity, fear, guilt, shame, because they haven't actually experienced the the rebuilding of their internal world in Christ-likeness that only comes in a faith-trust relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, you just described to a T the autobiographies of a lot of famous people in Hollywood or in government. They seem to just lose it. And, and now I know why. You just described perfectly the road they're taking. And this is the trap of self-worship. This is the trap of what's being taught in the modern media today, that you just indulge your fantasies, indulge your feelings, indulge your desires, and you can have your your life streams. And, and, and the Bible tells us, though, that our own desires are corrupt and polluted with self-centeredness, and they only lead to harm and injury. The desires that God instills are the ones that we should follow, and they are always leading to a higher cause, not a self-gratification. So as we pursue our lives, that's the best word I can think of, as we pursue a life worth living, our standard needs to be shifted, sounds like you're saying, from the world standard to a God standard. Am I right? Right. And so the Bible teaches us we fix our eyes upon Christ, mm-hmm. the author and finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. We don't fix our eyes upon ourselves either in a grandiose way to I'm so awesome or in a, a defeated way I'm so awful. We don't make self the center in either way. Making self the center only spirals down or the or my rights and it's and, and I deserve this and it's not fair and other people get more than me. Any way we make self the center, it only causes more distress, emotional distress and actual damage to our development. Making Christ the center and esteeming and valuing him and seeking to apply his principles to our life leads us to the path of maturity, growth, and health and healing. Boy, I can see that to be true because if we have Christ in our lives, and I know people like this, we have Christ in our lives, it seems that every word they say, everything they do is centered on glorifying Jesus, not only turning our eyes upon Jesus, but turning our faith toward him and to find out what God can do for us. That's the life worth living, I hear you saying. That's exactly right, Charles. Mm. That's exactly Mm -hmm. right. Well, Dr. Jennings, how do we begin that journey? What's the first thing we should do to turn our eyes upon Jesus and not worship ourselves so much? 
I'm assuming you're talking about people who don't have a personal faith relation with Jesus, right, then, right. then they have to actually decide whether they want to actually discover who Jesus is. And, mm. and Jesus didn't say, life eternal is trusting me. Jesus said life eternal is that they might know me. Know me. So knowing Jesus, so, so I tell people the first step is simply spend some time in his word, getting to know him. And then when you get to know him, then trust is automatic because we automatically trust people that are trustworthy yes. and are interested in our best interests and what's best for us. When we yes. really experience people are truly trustworthy, self-sacrificial, and interested in our welfare, the trust automatically flows. So I'm not telling people to exercise trust. I'm telling people to get to know Jesus. And the Bible is a great place to do that. And if you if you like some resources that can help you, come to comeandreason.com. We have lectures. We have free sharing materials. We have tracks. We have magazines. We have blogs. We have Bible studies. Uh, we have podcasts. We have all kinds of resources that are that are free and accessible to you, and I encourage you to come and avail yourself for those resources. I really like the fact that you said the more we understand God, the more we understand the character of God, and the more we come to know Jesus, the easier it is for us to share that, because it's not about us. It's not about our life. It's about His life living in us, and I think people will see that. I think this ministry, Common Reason, is a good example of that. Common Reason and CommonReason.com exists for the purpose of showing God to others, showing God's character to others. You go there and you look at the materials and you, when you leave, you, you feel like you've, you know something you didn't know before about God, not about Tim Jennings, not about the great team they have working there at Common Reason, but about the God that they are illustrating in word and in pictures and in songs and in everything everything else that's there at Come and Reason. So I invite you, listener, to stop by there, www.comeandreason.com. Look at the resources there and get to know Jesus and his love for you. It is pretty incredible. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Dr. Jennings, who joins us today via Skype, thank you, as always, for sharing God's love with us so beautifully today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>